FOMO. My name's Patrick McGinnis, and I'll admit it, I have FOMO. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you do too. But that doesn't have to be a bad thing. If you learn to channel your FOMO productively, you can make the most of every opportunity while keeping your sanity in the process. This is FOMO Sapiens After Hours, the snackable show about how you can make FOMO a force for good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of After Hours. As you will recall, last week, we talked with Dr. Therese Houston about giving feedback. I really love that conversation. In fact, I have been giving her advice out liberally. I was actually with somebody the other day that was having some problems in the workplace giving feedback, and I was quoting her extensively. So I actually really found it super useful, super impactful. And I want to talk about feedback a little bit more today because I thought after that interview, I was just thinking back and you'll remember I mentioned some incidences of feedback that were problematic or weird in my own life. So I wanted to talk about those today. But before I do, I do want to ask for your feedback. If there's anything that you like or dislike that you want to share with me about FOMO Sapiens or the website or anything else, get in touch. You can find me at Patrick J. McGinnis on Instagram at PJ McGinnis on Twitter. You can email me at letsconnect@patrickmcginnis.com. I love getting feedback. And if you've listened to Therese's episode, uh, you'll give me really valuable feedback and it will just be a positive experience for all of us. So I just wanna thank you in advance for considering doing that. And now I just wanna talk about three stories, kind of my worst feedback stories. And some of them are about me getting feedback. Others are about me giving feedback, but I just, I think they're kind of classic examples of the kinds of things that can go wrong. So let's start with feedback story number one. It's with person number one. I'm going to call this person Bill, not his real name, obviously. I was working with Bill. I was a, I think a second year analyst at a private equity firm. And Bill was a VP, smart guy, under a lot of pressure, we were working on this transaction. It was my job to make the financial projections, the financial model for this company. And guess what, guys? I didn't know what I was doing. I was the worst at financial modeling, seriously the worst. And so it was super complex, frankly. And he kept putting all these deadlines on me that were kind of fictional deadlines. I guess he just wanted more time for himself to review the materials. But he had me working 24 hours a day. I was pulling all-nighters and I was tired and it just wasn't going well. So, I mean, I'm like at three in the morning trying to fix this financial model and it is not coming together. And so I basically sort of fudged it. It was terrible. And he discovered it right uh, on a Friday afternoon. And he pulled me into an office and screamed at me at the top of his lungs to the point where people started assembling outside of the office. And I almost cried. I did not cry. I almost cried. I should have cried. I mean, there's nothing wrong with crying. I pulled it together. But of course, then I went to the bathroom and lost it. And actually, as a result of that, I was taken off of the project. And Bill was also reprimanded. It kind of contributed to the end of his career at this firm. And so it was a bad thing for everybody. And I ended up, I had already gotten into business school. So frankly, like I was already checked out, thank God. And I, I just kind of moved on with life. And But I never sort of forgot that. And in fact, years later, I found him on LinkedIn and I sent him a note and I said, listen, I don't know if you remember, but this was something that I remembered that was one of the worst things that happened in my entire career. I just want to let you know that I'm sure, you know, it's been a long time, but I just want to let you know I'm not upset. And that, you know, I, I, I wish you well and that maybe someday we'll see each other again. And Bill, to his credit, wrote back and he said, listen, I actually don't even remember this because I was under so much stress at the time. It's probably 
probably just the way I was. And I'm sure I did this. I don't remember it, but I just want to tell you that I'm glad you reached out. The takeaway from that one is, is that I think it's important if you do have a conflict with somebody years later, people mature, they grow up. You never know what's going on in somebody's life at the time. And, and as I learned about Bill, he had a lot of things going on in his personal life at the time that were really stressful. And our firm was pretty toxic. So I understand uh, he was under a lot of pressure. So going back and reconnecting with people that you might've had conflict with can be really great. Sort of like clearing that out, you can move on. And so that was what I did and highly recommend it to others. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. Number two. Oof, this one is rough. I was working with a person, a woman, um, let's call her Sally. That's not her name, obviously. And Sally was working with me on a project. She was assigned to me on a project that was consulting somewhere. And Sally's really smart. Sally had a PhD, a uh, very brilliant human being. But I noticed on her resume, she'd never stayed at a job for more than like one year. And she'd had maybe six or seven jobs at this point. And so I started to wonder, what's up with Sally? She, she can't stay at her jobs. And I very soon found out why. Because Sally couldn't meet a deadline. And so... <laughs> We were working on a project, a lot of work. I had given her a bunch of things to do. Um, she's a very capable individual. And we would talk through them and she completely got what I wanted to do. And then she would never deliver. And in fact, it got to the point where I realized that this was habitual. And in fact, everybody knew about it and they had put her with me thinking maybe I could fix her. The only way to fix her actually was to have her come to New York, where she lived in a different city, and sit with me. I actually sat with her and watched her do her work, and she did the work. And I was terrible at giving feedback. I just got really angry, and I just would sort of like yell at her. And then I realized it's not helpful, and I calmed down, and we talked through it. But she just, you know, she she's just a really nice person, but she couldn't deliver, and it was making a lot of stress in my life because I couldn't plan anything because I'd have to do the work myself. And so it's like every night I ended up doing her work and mine on top of each other. And so I did share that feedback with her, but I don't think she really got it. And what was so interesting and clear she didn't get it is that about a year later, she was interviewing uh, with a very prestigious company because she had lost the job uh, at the place that I had met her at. And she asked me if I would be a reference. And I said, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm going to have to tell them, you know, where you have failed and be very honest with them. And she said, I don't care. It's okay. I don't have anybody else really. Will you be referenced? And so I said, well, I'm, that's fine. And so I did give the reference to this very prestigious place. And you know what they said? They said, well, that's great to know. Then we have an area of improvement to focus on straight away from the beginning. So I couldn't believe it. She got the offer and then she didn't take it, which is even crazier. So Sally, I hope you've worked through these issues, but I guess the point there is even if you think somebody has gotten your message, uh, a lot of times they, they, they just don't internalize. They don't particularly care. And frankly, 
the fact that I was able to give that feedback to somebody and it didn't do it in a mean way, just very honest way about the the problems I'd have. And it didn't matter. It just tells me that um, I guess when people are hiring, they should be more stringent. So that was kind of crazy. Number three, this is, oh boy, this was a stressful one. This is when I left a job. So I took a job uh, early in my career that I knew I wasn't going to like. Uh, to be honest with you, when I signed the offer letter, I had butterflies in my stomach. I just knew I wasn't going to like it uh, for a bunch of reasons that I will not get into here. But uh, let's just say that the people didn't really excite me. The work was okay, but it wasn't perfect. But I needed a job and this is what I had in front of me and I just didn't want to wait anymore. So I took it and I thought, you know what, I'll go figure it out. And so I was there <laughs> for three months when I took my first nap under my desk. It was Oh, it was so boring and terrible. And the people who ran it like barely talked to any of the junior people. And so I started looking for a job and in the six month anniversary, I got an offer somewhere else. And so that was fantastic. And I ended up leaving. But when I was resigning, I talked to one of the partners and he asked me like, well, you know, do you have any feedback? Do you know, it was kind of an exit interview. And so I decided to tell him exactly what I thought. And this was the story I told about a week and a half earlier, so I'd already knew I was leaving, but a week and a half earlier, we had been in a meeting together in Texas. We were meeting with a company we were considering investing in. And um, I was asking questions. He was asking questions. I was taking notes. And at some point or another, I asked the founder of the company how he ended up starting his company. And he leans back in his chair and he starts to tell me his life story. You know, I was born in Louisiana and, and, you know, all this stuff about his mom. And so I'm just listening. I'm looking him in the eye. I'm just trying to, you know, listen to his, his life story. And the gentleman who was my boss taps me on the shoulder and says, Patrick, your job is to take notes. So if you're not going to take notes, uh, I suggest you let me know and I will take notes. And I just felt <laughs> extraordinarily small in that moment. That was harsh. And frankly, like I didn't need to take notes on his mom. Okay. That does not go into the notes. Um, <laughs> So again, I wanted to cry. I felt so small. And in fact, when we left, the gentleman said to me, very nice to meet you, Mr. Note Taker. And when I got to the airport, I refused to talk to my boss. I actually um, refused to sit with him in the airport. And then I was on the plane, a different plane home. And I basically just like cried hot tears, but I knew I was leaving. So it's kind of like, well, you know what? I'm going to leave. And so I did in our meeting together, I said, listen, I'm leaving because of things like this. And I explained how I felt at that meeting. And he looked at me and he said, well, you had decided you were leaving at that point anyway. So to that guy, <laughs> it's just, I guess some people can't be fixed. I was very honest with him. I was respectful. He didn't want to hear it. So, you know, fine. I, frankly, I know that in the end, the firm didn't do all that well. And uh, I moved on in my life. So it's all good. But uh, I just, I don't know. Sometimes people just don't want to hear it. And frankly, you're wasting your time, but it made me feel a little better. It was a lot easier to leave that job after that experience. All right. So those are my three weird feedback stories. Hopefully that's the end. I'll never have any more, but I imagine some of you have crazy stories. So if you want to share them with me, reach out to me uh, on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis. You can email me at let's connect at Patrick McGinnis. You can Tweet me at PJ McGinnis. I'd love to hear a story. If you want, you can even record it on a voice note and send it to me and maybe we'll put it on the show in the future. I hope you have crazy stories that you're willing to share um, and I hope that it all worked out. But uh, that's a great way to start Monday. Have a great week and we'll see you on Thursday at FOMO Sapiens. FOMO. Want more of FOMO Sapiens and After Hours? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. <laughs>